On this episode of Locked On NHL, Chris is out. Armando's back in. Who else is in and out of the wild card spots? We talk about that and more. But first, let's play that music. Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Locked on NHL, the Thursday edition. I'm Adam Danker. Chris Masilli is out, so but no problem. We got Armando Velez of Locked on Panthers. Armando, thanks for filling in on today's episode. We're talking East-West wildcard races. Since we last spoke about the the, the rankings and, and the, the teams instead of the individual awards like we did on the last episode, things have heaten up. And now to add f- extra fuel to that fire, which, you know, the news dropping the other day, Alexander Ovechkin's father, unfortunately, passed away at the age of 71. And he released a statement saying that he will be away from the team indefinitely. Now, Armando, my first question to you, what does indefinitely mean? I mean, it could be a couple of days. It could be a couple of weeks. I, I mean, you know, I don't think it's going to be the rest of the season, but this has big implications for the Capitals going forward for the time being until he does come back in this wildcard spot. And and who better to talk about it because they're going up against your boys tonight. So how big of a deal is this, especially to you, who's who's looking up at them, looking to catch up and leapfrog them? Yeah. Uh, but first of all, thank you for once again for bringing me on as a, as I guess I'm the unofficial uh, alternate for the Thursday national show, a battle of Florida edition yeah. of the Thursday show. But yeah, uh, indefinitely, I it, it he's back home in Russia. So the travel along with that, the jet lag that comes with it too, to be with his family over there and to, of course, He's he's it's gonna be like another season or two until he breaks Wayne Gretzky's goal record. So he doesn't need any practice time when he does in fact return to the Washington Capitals as as well. So he could get on the ice imme- immediately as soon as that happens. But I, I do want to give my condolences to Alexander Ovechkin and his family for everything that they're going through. First of all, human beings um off the ice as well, but it is a big big uh loss for the washington capitals what they're going through right now especially after that big win against the boston bruins on saturday a nationally televised uh game of course they're the the addition of darcy kemper uh for them even though the colorado avalanche won the cup in spite of kemper he's he's been as he's been better than advertised with with that signing over over there and it's a when, when it comes to scoring for for the capitals uh I don't think anyone, I think Alexander Ovechkin is, uh, he's almost 20 goals ahead of the next player on, on the Capitals. The next one is Marcus Johansson at 13 for the Capitals. So score, scoring has been a little bit of an issue for Washington. They're a little bit of an older team. John Carlson's not uh, playing as well. He hasn't played in a while. Nick Dowd and Tom Wilson are both on IR. So it's a little bit of a, it's a, it's a little bit of a, of a, of a bad timing for, as far as the team perspective of the capitals but of course you're not you're not you you you, number one is being with your family as well and of course going up against the panthers tonight which the panthers will be going 
to Capital One Arena for the first time since winning game six of their first round series against Washington, a tw- breaking their 26-year playoff drought. And of course, let's not forget the big game on Saturday night against the Carolina Hurricanes, the stadium series game as well that will be going on at Carter-Finley Stadium, home of the NC State Wolfpack as well. Yeah, uh, a lot of moving parts to this story. And, and and you know, for those watching on our YouTube uh, channel, follow along. And, and for those listening along, so, you know, not really much has changed. Chris and I have spoken about this in the rankings. We have that up right now. As as you could see, your you the Florida Panthers are fourth in our rankings in the Atlantic Division, right behind my Lightning. Capitals are in the same spot in the Metropolitan Division. Now, going forward, what, you know, like I said, it, I mean, this could be a couple of days. I mean, like you said, with the, with the jet lag and him being in Russia, you know, that could be a week or two. Uh, and then everything going on there politically, you know, which we're not even going to get into. That's a whole that's a whole different podcast. Uh, if you want to go looking and, and for answers with that, um, you know, what what does this mean for not only the Capitals tonight, but, you know, Capitals going forward? Like you said, uh, you know, Ovechkin is 20 goals ahead. The second guy on the team. I mean, for most teams, when you miss that amount of production, when you're missing 20 goals at least a 20 goal difference in your lineup. You look at that and, and that, you know, that's the equivalent on most teams of three guys being out of the lineup. So when, when you look at a guy like this, I mean, how can the, how can the capitals, at least in your opinion, go forward with this? I mean, for me, uh, you know, if the lightning had to go without Steven Stamkos or, or Nikita Kucherov, yeah, we have the, the, the option of, of having, you know, point or, you know, some other guy being able to step in where, like you said, I mean, huge drop off here. I mean, especially when you're in the thick of a huge, a big playoff race and for that last spot in the wild card, you know, it's not only you guys, it's, 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 it's the New York Islanders who have certainly come on, who made a huge splash at the trade deadline with, with Bo Harvat. Um, and, and obviously the deadline is still a little ways from us, but I mean, making a big splash and he is fitting just nicely there with the Islanders. I mean, you know, at least for you, who who has a dog in this race, in this wild card race, uh, from going from it not being really, let's face it, it was boring at, at one point, Armando. And now it's it's exciting. I'm actually excited looking at it, you know, even though I have nothing to benefit from it. I, I'm excited watching this all unfold. But for someone who has a horse in this race, what what, what do you see happening? What how do you how does this play in favor of each team? At least, you know, at least at least when I say that the Islanders and the and the Panthers. Yeah, uh, let, let's also include the Buffalo Sabres and the Detroit Red Wings here as well, where where quietly, quietly, the Detroit Red Wings have won four straight games. I, I was kind of it's funny because I as far as if I'm not watching specific games, I set notifications for the other teams uh, <laughs> on ESPN if, if for for the teams like, that are around the wild card race for um that are challenging the Panthers. And I yeah. stopped doing that for the Detroit Red Wings. And lo and behold, they've quietly snuck four straight straight wins uh, there for, for, for them after a shootout win uh, last night against the Edmonton Oilers. And, and the thing that both Detroit and Buffalo do have in common is games in hand. That is huge. And their points percentage is better than Florida's. It's better than New York's. It's, it's not better than Washington's, but they've uh they've uh they they have the advantage there because it's four games in hand for 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 them 
Buffalo can score. Their their issue is uh, defense and goaltending for for them. Ukapaka Lukanen is looking like the, the 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 person of the future in, in the crease for Buffalo, um, and maybe even Devin Levi um, as well. But also, and and um, Craig Anderson is only starting like once a week for for them. Forty one year old uh, Craig Anderson as well. Yeah. And also, we don't know what the what Steve Eiserman is going to do at the trade dead, uh, deadline as well. Is he going to go all in for for buying? Is he going to? And I can guarantee one thing. And this is going to be on record. Dylan Larkin will not be traded. He will not be traded from the Detroit Red Wings. Michigan guy, captain of the of the Red Wings as well. He he he. I think he is. He's going to stay. By the way, in in Detroit. Um, I, I'm sure Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley would like that. I'm, that I'm saying that on the national stage. But <laughs> for for New York, they've lost three straight. It, it, d- despite Bo Horvat being an acquisition and Ilya Sorokin, crazy stat. 12% of his starts result in a shutout. So they get they get that goaltending and a, and of course Bo Horvat four points in five games since being acquired by the but since the Islanders acquired him. But it's still a little bit of issues if it's not him and Barzell getting in front of the net and and trying to shoot more from from the perimeter instead of getting in front. Anders Lee can do that very well too. Yeah. But it's it's just about what are the other guys uh, gonna do in order to get the scoring for the Panthers. It's a Sergey Bobrovsky and Matthew Kachuk show for 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 the Panthers lately, but their power play has been off for a little bit, and and, and but the penalty kill has also been great lately ever since Eric Stahl has come back from injury. So it's yeah. like a little bit of we don't know what's gonna gonna happen. And for Pittsburgh, they've officially jumped Washington and. The record has been great since Tristan Jari has been out four one and two, I believe, and 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 that's without their number one goaltender. So if I had to say who has the advantage, uh, if you're not, I, I I'm gonna have to say it's the Buffalo Sabers, either them or even 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 the Islanders uh, too in this. And I'm just I'm also trying to be as objective as possible because. Sergey Bobrovsky's been on a run, but we don't we don't know how how long this will last. And Spencer Knight just got his first start in over a month for the Panthers and didn't look so good against the St. Louis Blues. Uh, coming back from injury, played two AHL games, and and just uh and the, and the Panthers were on the second end of a back to back where they pretty basically inserted all, exerted all of their energy. What looks like on the front end of a of back to back against the Minnesota Wild, where the two teams combined for twelve power plays and zero goals uh, between the two teams. Yeah, and and I and I I have to agree with you, Armando, with that. I, I I think just looking at Buffalo at a glance, I mean, I mean, the one stat that sticks out to me is out of all those teams that you just mentioned that are in the wild cards race, uh, including Washington, Buffalo has the highest goal differential. Mm-hmm. So uh, I mean, how can you how can you not how can you not put your money on that? I mean, I think I I think just you know Buffalo is an exciting team. I I, I think you know I've been saying all year. The only thing that's against them right now is youth. Uh, as of right now, they're plus four fifty odds to 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 make the playoffs, and those are provided by our sponsor for today's show, and that is FanDuel Sportsbook. Now, if you haven't heard, well, I've heard and Armando's heard, but if you haven't heard, 
our FanDuel Sportsbook is our newest sponsor here at the Locked On Podcast Network. And if you haven't already signed up, because you got to sign up because they are America's number one sports book. But you got to sign up if you haven't already, because I don't know if you've heard Armando. Now, I, I got in early when they made betting legal up here in New York State, so I can't get this. But our listeners at home can because, you know, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. Go ahead, put that money on the Buffalo Sabres, plus 450 odds to make the playoffs. I like those odds. That has a pretty good payout. And it's super easy, the app. I mean, that's the best part about it. You don't have to go sit down on a laptop. You could just go on your phone. If you have a smartphone, download it, the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. I use it all the time. I use it for live betting for, especially this past this past week with the Super Bowl. Armando, who'd you have in the Super Bowl? I had I had the Chiefs winning, but but and but I was very hesitant on that pick. I I was see I'm I'm a diehard Giants fan. I don't know if you know this, and, and I was I put in my bets early, like during the Pro Bowl week, for the Eagles to get all that bad luck brewing for Philly, and then I went in at halftime and put a bunch of money on the money line for the Chiefs and. You know, I, I walked away. I mean, I, I I was saying to people all week. I said I would I would rather lose all my money and have the chief and have the Chiefs win than than you know win money and have the the Eagles, the Eagles win a Super Bowl. So, but I walked away and I got both. So you know, just lucky for me, <laughs> lucky for me. But you guys could all be lucky as well with this with this uh, no sweat first bet for new customers. So don't miss your chance. Go to the FanDuel Sportsbook right now. FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more because make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. So moving on now, if you haven't already, please go ahead and follow Armando on Locked On Panthers. Where can they find you on Twitter, Armando? At MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Yeah. Where they can follow the show. Yeah, do that because I I don't think that this is this this wild card race is going to cool down any moment soon. But we'll, we'll keep an eye on that going forward. Now we turn our attention to the West Coast, and boy, this is another. This is just another race that I didn't expect. I I, I felt like everything was sort of starting to become wrapped up over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Chris and I always say here on the show, and and you've heard me say it before when we when we've worked together, Armando that. I always feel like what we get around Christmas, New Year is kind of like what we're going to see for the rest of the season. And you kind of figured around Christmas and New Year that it was going to be Edmonton and, and you know, Calgary just pulling away, pulling away or, or and, and here we are. And, and, and obviously the big the big variable in all of that was Colorado coming back to coming back and, and doing what they do best. And that's win hockey games and just not only just pushing Minnesota out of the division race, but shoving them out of the division race to where now if the season starts tomorrow, they don't make the playoffs. So <laughs> you look at, so we're looking at the wild card in the West. If you want to follow and follow along, the first two spots are occupied currently by Edmonton at 66 points. We got Calgary at 61. Actually, you know what? It's at a dead heat right now. Uh, Minnesota and Calgary are both tied in points and points percentage. So I would guess if the season were to end today, they go off wins where that would probably leave Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken, making the playoffs instead of Calgary or maybe probably head to head, right? Uh, it's regulation wins. Okay, regulation wins. So yeah, Minnesota uh, gets the edge there. But I mean, 
look at Nashville. I mean, I don't even think Nashville's out at, out yet. Um, but I mean, where where do we start? I mean, really, I think I think nobody's going to catch Edmonton. I think they're just. I mean, what what else is there more to say? It's the Connor McDavid show. It's Connor McDavid's world, and we're all just living in it. And that's just how the the the, the, the wild card race is. It's 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 a three legged, it's it's a three legged race to the second spot. And and who do you like out of these three teams? Calgary, Minnesota, Nashville. I have a soft spot for for Nashville just because Yuri Saros is just. I think he's a top five goaltender. I don't care what anybody says about him. I, I think that he's still young. He's still figuring it out. One of the smaller goaltenders in the league. Uh, very good story uh, about him. You know, just I love seeing small goaltenders, especially in this 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 NHL that we have now of mammoth sized goaltenders. You love to see a goaltender like him. So I like Nashville. I I have faith that you know if as long as they play disciplined hockey and they stay out of the box. Their chances are as good as any to get that last wild card spot. What about you, Armando? Yeah, it's crazy with uh, Nashville because a lot of people, um, if you go back to the 2021 season, the 56 game season, uh, they 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 nearly uh, snuck in uh, to to the postseason, and that's when UC Soros was inching his way towards the number one uh, guy uh, right before Pecorine, uh retired, and. And there, there was questions. Are the Nashville Predators going to rebuild or are they going to keep going? And UC Soros just slammed that door and said no. And, uh, of course, uh, depth scoring is the issue for, for the Nashville Predators outside of Philip Forsberg, who I believe is day-to-day because I know it's because the Panthers are facing the Predators on Saturday, a matinee game. And uh, Matt Duchesne is another for, for them. So depth scoring is, 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 is the issue for, for the Nashville Predators. And Minnesota. Um, of uh, the, the issue with them is even strength scoring is is Kapril Kaprizov great Zuccarello Ryan Reeves is a, is great for that bottom six but they all that team also commits so many penalties they yeah. they are third in the NHL in penalty infraction minutes guess who number one is the Florida Panthers <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that's another team that is uh that is tough when it's tough when you're consistently in the box in your own end. Yeah, Philip Gustafson has been great uh, ever, with the, ever since that trade with Ottawa, um, basically kicking Marc-Andre Fleury out of the crease, which Marc-Andre Fleury has another year after this year on, on his uh, deal. So a little bit of a tough contract. And with the Minnesota um, Wild being in cap jail with a lot of their buyout money, uh, too. But I got I, I like I like Calgary, despite despite Jonathan Huberdeau. Um, not having the production of a 115 point season like he was last year, it, it I, 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 I'm, st- I'm, I'm still a fan of him personally, and I think that he is going to get it together. Um, and it, it, it takes a little while for someone to get accumulated, uh, acclimated, excuse me, to a new system. And, and of course, uh, Daryl Sutter is a different type of coach uh, than than Andrew Burnett, and and even uh, going back to Joel Quenville as as well. For uh for for Jonathan Huberto, so it's taking him a while. Of course, it's a big move going two thousand plus miles northwest of where he was too. So, and also Jacob Markstrom, he's not playing at the level that he was last season, and it, it's yeah. been hard for the Calgary Flames to buy a save and all that. And and I think and I do agree with you. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, I think they're in. Uh, they're in. Uh, it. Our question is: Are are they going to be able to get fit inside that top three? Because Matty Beniers has hit hit um, a little bit of a rookie wall as well for for them. Phoenix Copley has been a nice story for the for the 
LA Kings, he just recently got an extension and Vegas is still Mickey missing Mark Stone and they're playing two AHL goaltenders in Laurent Bersois and, and, and uh, um, journeyman uh, Aiden Hill as well. So what, what's going to, what's going to, what's going to happen with, uh, with the Edmonton Oilers. And can you believe that Connor McDavid is one point away from a hundred and we're at 56 games through, it's... through the season. It's not fair. I mean, uh, Connor McDavid. I mean, we 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 talk constantly on this show, and, and I'm sure we're not the only day that does it. But just how great of a player he is, and and I feel like when he's playing like this, I, I, especially you know that's how I feel about the wild card. I, I feel like if Connor McDavid's playing well, if he continues to play on this level, I mean, we could we could we could wake up in a couple of weeks and the Edmonton Oilers will be first in the Pacific Division. But at the end of the day, I mean. This this Pacific this Pacific division is just a mess, man. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's such a weird division to get to get a feel of. Like like you said, you you stated everything with Vegas and Seattle. I, I mean, even Los Angeles. I mean, it, it it's just a very Jekyll and Hyde division. Where I mean, I'm not saying it could happen with Calgary, but Calgary could find themselves in the top three at some point if if you start to see Seattle slide. Which I don't think. I just think Seattle is just. They and may, maybe this is also part and partly because of just how much of a disaster they were last year. Uh, you know, they've already surpassed their 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 amount of points that they accumulated last year, which shows you how bad they were. Uh, so I, I I think that Seattle is just such a disciplined team. I I think that they then they're one of those teams, and I, and I said it last week. I think Seattle is kind of like what not on the same level, but if you had to compare an Eastern conference team to them in terms of how they play, I would say Carolina. I mean, I mean, they don't, they don't overwhelm you with goals. They don't do a lot of flashy stuff, which that's easy to replicate when you're winning games. So, you know, do I think Seattle's going to fall out of that division race? I don't necessarily think so. I think as, as all things do in this league, it comes down to goaltending. Um, Mm -hmm. as long as they, if they're scoring two goals a night, as long as they keep out two or more, I think they're in good shape to win. That's usually how it works with math. I'm terrible at math, but I, last time I checked, that's how it works, Armando. So I, I, I just, I don't know. I, it's, I, it's a coin flip with this division as for, as for Calgary and, and I, I don't know. I, I, I just think at the end of the day, I think it's really Calgary's race to lose Minnesota. I feel like we have this conversation with them every year. Are they for real? Are they good? Uh, even if they get in, what kind of team are they going to be? They haven't convinced me, I think, in the last five years that they are a team that to be taken seriously. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not disrespect. That's no disrespect towards them. But when it comes down to it, I mean, really nothing about their game impresses me. And, and especially when you're in this race against the two other teams that we, 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 we've spoken about. And, and Nashville, out of, out of those other teams that are in the race, they have the best record right now out of their last 10, uh, six and four. And, and they have a great record at home. They're tied with Calgary for the best record at home, pretty much, except for, you know, an overtime loss. But, yeah, I, I just think that really, you know, as much as I want Minnesota to stay in this, I think Nashville and Calgary, it's going to come down to those two going at it with each other. I think goaltending is going to be the key there. Like you said, Jacob Markstrom not having the best of years. At the at the same time, can Jonathan Huberdeau get it together for a little bit of a streak here down the stretch? Yeah, what he did last season was completely crazy. I don't think a lot of people expected him to replicate that. 
But at the same time, you would have figured something a little bit along the lines there up in Calgary, especially if they let Johnny Grudeau go. Um, so, you know, I think that's an exciting race as well. And we'll have to keep tabs on that going forward. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's Calgary. I mean, excuse me, it's Edmonton and whoever, whoever else wants it more. Mm-hmm. Um, so wrapping things up on here, the conversation that has been had all year long, I think the last couple of years, I think since he was 16, is who is going to get Connor Bedard? And unfortunately, if you guys don't make the playoffs, I hate to say this, I had to get this in, and you know it was coming. If you guys don't make the playoffs, especially since you made it known to me when we were before we hit the record button, I wasn't even aware of it. Uh, even if even if the Panthers fail to make the playoffs, they will not have a chance at Connor Bedard because they traded away that pick for Ben Chirot. Um, that's all I'm going to say about it. I'm not going to rub salt in the wound there. Uh, at the if you were if you were to finish in that last spot, you were to get three percent possible three percent at the one, number one first overall pick. But looking at the teams and and that you see that legitimate and and we're following if you want to follow along we're going off tankathon which is one of my favorite sites when it comes to lottery picks i would say vancouver and up just because i don't want arizona to get the first overall pick man i mean i i just and i'm not saying that because the lightning lost to them last night i'm saying that because i don't want Connor bedard coming into the national hockey league and playing in front of five thousand fans at a home game so my favorite team, and I've been saying this over the last couple of months, Armando, is Anaheim. I think that would be the ideal, perfect situation for them. I am going to continue saying that so it gets wished into reality. Uh, him playing alongside Trevor Zegers is probably the best thing that could ever happen to Gary Bettman in terms of promoting the league, uh, especially on the West Coast. Uh, if I had to take a second pick uh, out of any of these teams – I would say San Jose. I think him and Quinn, Quinn, Dan, Dan, uh, David Quinn, who is known for developing young talent, uh, did a fantastic job in New York uh, the last couple of years. I think him in San Jose, especially, I mean, that always goes back also is, is San Jose going to trade Timo Meyer, which more likely than not, but on the off chance they don't, teaming him up with Bedard, I think would be a great, a, a great combo as well. But what are your picks? Uh, for or I guess your predictions more like it. Mine are more just wishful thinking. What are your predictions? Because you're you're this more sensible one out of both of us to who might land uh, the most private, uh, most most treasured uh, prize in all of hockey next to the Stanley Cup. Yeah, uh, I it's it's funny because I had I had Anaheim as my as for wishful thinking i i would actually like for him to um to go to anaheim as well because you think trevor zegris jamie drysdale yeah. as well and uh mason mctavish there for for the for the anaheim ducks and i think marketing would just be incredible for for uh the for him and the and the national hockey league and it's crazy yeah. columbus uh, i i it wouldn't be that bad of a situation because johnny Gaudreau signed long term patrick lani signed long term as well uh, but it's crazy because Columbus not only got there, got to where they were, based on not not necessarily be, not only just being not a good team, but man games lost. The Columbus Blue Jackets have the most man games lost. If you guys are wondering what that means, is 
games lost due to injury. Columbus is number one. They've had the worst injury luck uh, um, of any team in the National Hockey League. You're talking about Zach Wierenski as one of them. Boone Jenner as an, yeah. as another for, for them as well. So they're missing yeah. a lot of pieces as, as well. It, it's not the most marketable market for for uh, for Connor Bedard to go to, but he wouldn't necessarily. He wouldn't necessarily. They wouldn't be in the in towards the bottom um, if he were to go. If he were to go to Columbus, they because I, I don't see multiple years of the Columbus Blue Jackets being down there. Chicago, it's it's a uh, it, it, it's nuts because uh, um, Kyle Davidson. It, it's it's been clear what the what this project is going to be for for the for the Chicago Blackhawks. We still don't know where Patrick Kane is going. We we know we know he's definitely not going to the New York Rangers uh, after the Vladimir Tarasenko trade. But here's a dark horse for. Uh, Patrick Kane to go to the Carolina Hurricanes possibly because they've opened up a lot of cap space now with Max Pacioretty going on LTIR due to his Achilles injury as well. Yeah. So the Carolina Hurricanes are super, super dangerous um, when it comes to the trade deadline as well, them being at the top of the Metro and also with Jonathan Taze as well. Uh, it, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be a, some hard years coming up if it hasn't been already for the Chicago Blackhawks as, as well. But it's it's if 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 Connor Bedard does go to Chicago, there's going to be a lot of losing in in the beginning. But places like if he goes to Columbus immediately, he he he's not. I don't think they're going to lose that much Im- immediately. San Jose maybe, but there's still there's still a little bit of uh, uh, progress with the likes of L- William Eklund and Thomas Bordalo as well, uh, and. Arizona. I, I mean, we, we, Jacob Chikrin is likely going to get dealt, so he's not going to be part of the, uh, of that of that rebuild as well. Um, and but there are some nice pieces of of a, likes of a Clayton Keller as well. Yeah. But there's they're, they're still going to struggle a little bit to, for for a few more years as they as it's looking like their timeline to contend won't be until they're ready to open their new arena. That's if it happens. Yeah, I, I and there's some people out there which I I do agree with this this opinion, and I'm curious what you think about it with the whole Connor Bedard thing. I mean, we know the expectations are just going to be through the roof. I mean, it Connor Connor McDavid. I think the worst thing he ever did in his career was set the bar so high to where now you get a guy who has pretty much along the lines the same skill set, um, setting the bar so high. So where it might benefit him because let's face it. I mean, it's very, it's not very often that a top pick is, is able to come into the league and just, you know, make an impact right away. I mean, we've seen it with, with, with Alexis Lafreniere. I mean, more, more recently, Jack Hughes is probably the best example of that. Took him a couple of years to kind of figure it out, get bigger. You know, we, at the end of the day, we love to see these guys light it up, but we always forget, you know, they're 18 year old kids playing with men, with grown men. So I think, you know, one side of me wants to see him in Anaheim, as, as I said, and, and as, as, so, as well as you do too. But the argument also I see being made online, and, and I think Chris, when we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago, also said it was, it wouldn't be the worst thing for him to go to a, a market that's not necessarily a big hockey market. Like, like you said, a Columbus, uh, an Arizona 
you know, as much as, like I said before, I would hate for his first five years to be somewhat in obscurity uh, in those markets. Maybe that's the best thing for him to kind of go there, even if they are winning games like a Columbus who does have the best odds right now at, at getting the first overall pick in the draft. At the same time, you know, that'd be the best thing for him. He doesn't have to worry about the day-to-day craziness of, you know, what Connor McDavid had to go through in Edmonton, being the heir apparent to Wayne Gretzky, uh, especially in a hockey crazy market. So, yeah, I mean, you know, if would it be the worst thing in the world for him to go to Columbus? No, but I look at everything, as you know, the, the bigger picture. What's the best thing for the league? I mean, I've never been to Anaheim, but I assume it looks – somewhat similar to Los Angeles where I could say that driving down the highway and then you see all the young faces on a billboard of, of all, all the young ducks that are in the pond right now. And if the ducks use that, I hopefully I get royalties uh, <laughs> from that. But yeah, man, I, I think that the more realistic, you know, I, I think we have to start talking ourselves into the idea of him possibly going to Columbus. I mean, mm-hmm. At the same time, is could he go to Chicago? Now, I'm curious about this, and then we'll wrap things up. I Because Chris and I came up with a conspiracy theory for the Chicago Blackhawks. What if this is all a ploy by them? Now, as you know, Taves and Kane's contracts are both up at the end of the year, I believe. I, I know Kane's for sure. I think Taves, Taves maybe. Well. Yeah, Taves as well. Now, what if they trade away both these guys and they say to him, listen, we're going to trade you away and just basically just – just suck for the rest of the season. So then we could, we get the first overall pick. We sign Bedard and then bam, you're back on the, on the team for next year with a fresh new deal and, and a star rookie that you can mentor and possibly make a playoff run in the next three years. That would be absolutely nice <laughs> if that happens, but, and it's been, it's been known that Patrick Kane do, has thought about wanting to be the best black Hawk of all time. Yeah. I, and, and as far as skaters, as far as USA uh, skaters, he, he's up there with one of the best to, to ever do it too. Yeah. So it's it, it's it it means a lot to him. And he's been and you think of Patrick Kane, a former first overall pick as well, and and the the glory of winning, and then to go from three cups in six years to this, it's. It takes a toll on you when when this is not what you're used to as well for for someone like Patty Kane, and maybe maybe it'll be another uh, motivation uh, for for Patrick Kane saying, "Huh, maybe there is a sense of direction." The the one person I feel bad for more 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 than anyone is Seth Jones, uh, it, it, because he's this is year one I believe of his eight year deal, yeah, and the the guy who extended him who's no longer there due to everything with Kyle Beach is no longer there. Uh, uh, Stan Bowman, no longer there. And, and there was a, there was a, a word to Seth Jones saying, Hey, we're here to not only pay you, but to, to make a little bit of a possible run too, yeah. uh, as well. And now he's stuck there for seven more seasons after this. Patty, pa- Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze are likely out the door, but there could be hope on the other side for things. If they do land Connor Bedard, I don't think the bat. I, I don't think Chicago will necessarily contend right away, but if you bring Kays and Taze and Kane back, also depending on the health, because let, he's been playing through a hip injury as well. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Kane has, and Taze's health hasn't been great neither, too. So let's not forget that. So 
how how much of these can you get if you do resign them at even half their salaries at five at five million of yeah. uh, each of them? Um, so I, I don't know what you can get. I'm more optimistic with Kane than I am Taze for sure. Yeah. Uh, I did like what you said before about him going to Carolina because I've been stressing all week about all this trade buzz about him going up to Toronto. Now, I know you and I both don't want that guy anywhere near the Atlantic Division. So mm-hmm. we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, let us know in the comments below what you think about the wildcard races east-west. It's heating up. It's only going to get even better in the upcoming weeks and months. Uh, let us know who would you prefer slash think is going to get the first overall pick uh you could give uh armando a follow on twitter at mondo man 12 also follow locked on panthers at lo underscore fla panthers you can follow my show lo underscore lightning on twitter you could also follow me on twitter at danky dank d-e-n-k-y-d-8-n-k uh once again armando thanks for filling in uh hopefully hopefully someone else calls out soon and we can have you back on uh maybe at this rate i'll just tell chris to stay stay back and we'll we'll pe- pencil you into the thursday edition so that's been it for this episode of locked on nhl part of locked on podcast network i'm adam he's armando have a good one everybody